Welcome to the Sports GPS, where all roads lead to sports, with your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 2, Episode 30. It's crazy that it's the 60th overall episode for us. I know. So on this big episode, Parker, what are we talking about? We are talking NFL Divisional Round of the Playoffs this past weekend. Best weekend of football. Very possibly, arguably, the best division of football that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. From there, we're talking the MLB Hall of Fame. We have a lot to talk about there. Correct. Then we'll touch on the NBA starters for the All-Star Game that were announced this week. Before giving an update on the MLB lockout, mm-hmm. then we're finishing up with a preview on the AFC and NFC Conference Championship game. Yep, the winners go to the Super Bowl. We're wrapping up the NFL season. Crazy. Crazy to think about. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Uh, we're discussing the divisional weekend now. If you didn't see Parker and I's reels yes. on the TikTok and the other social media machines and, and Instagram. out there, Instagram, yeah, all those things. We have a TikTok now. Yes, to go with our Instagram and page Twitter and Twitter at the Sports GPS. All of them are at the Sports GPS. Yes. So hit us up. Let us know. Watch the videos. We did instant reaction videos, but now we can go more in depth. Correct. Of each game. We kind of, you know, did like the minute thing, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and hit with the first one. Parker, first game of the weekend. What happened? Bengals defeated the Titans 19-16. to It wasn't an offensive burner, but mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, he did his thing. Right. 20-37, 348 yards. He did not throw a touchdown. He needed to throw a pick, but he had a pretty solid game. Yeah, I mean, he cost me $1,200 by not throwing a touchdown to Jamar Chase. But it's fine. It's, yeah. I'm not bitter. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's uh, fine. It's fine. No, it's it's really it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I mean Joe that, Mixon found the end zone. Yeah, Joe Mixon found the end zone. I needed that. Yeah, me too. Derrick Henry found the end zone. I needed that. Uh-huh. Jamar Chase did not find the end zone. That's what I needed. But I, it, I mean, really, but he gave me the yardage. Yeah, Thank he, you. He did give me the yardage, but I needed the end zone. Anyway, I mean, really, this game was was just like who's going to not give it away yeah and the titans gave it away yeah Tannehill had three picks and burrow only had the one and really right. burrow's pick wasn't even that terrible yeah Tannehill was what first throw of the first game? throw of the game and, and then, then at the end his last pass of the game too yeah so you know i mean here's here's what it says is the Bengals can win ugly yeah i mean burrow got sacked nine times right it He's one of two quarterbacks. I said this in my mini reel. He's one of two quarterbacks to get sacked eight plus times in a playoff game and win. The other one's Donovan McNabb, 03, and the Eagles versus the Packers. Mm-hmm. That was the fourth and 26th game, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Fred X. All right. So, I mean, truly, the player of the game we put as Burrow because he threw for 348 yards. The other player of the game, their rookie kicker, McPherson, yeah. four for four. Drilled every single one of them. Game None of winner. them were doubters, right? Like yeah. they were, they were yeah. no doubters. Yeah. There was never one that was like, ah, no. Yeah. It was they were in all the way. And he's so. also my fantasy kicker. Yeah, I mean, well done. Yeah. So, congrats, Bengals. You are moving on to the AFC Championship. <laughs> congrats game. to CJ Super Bowl pick. It's still alive. It's still alive, baby. Nobody thought it was alive. I'm believing in the Bengals. All <laughs> right, the second game Saturday night. 
it was a it was a hard watch. It was a really tough watch. Yeah, it was a hard. This watch. was the worst game of the weekend, and this is this is the game. This is the only game where it makes you think. Was it the best weekend of football ever in my lifetime? This game, 49ers defeated the Packers 13 to 10. There was a defensive score, and there was a rushing touchdown by the Packers. I can't even remember. Yeah, it was their their first drive of the game, and it was like, yeah. oh, here we go. And that was it. I, I actually missed I missed the first drive. And I was like, oh, Packers are up seven nothing. Okay. Here we go. Right. And then nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Just absolute. Nothing. And the only thing that makes helps the case that it's the best weekend of football, it was what two degrees. Yeah, I mean, it and was there was cold. snow, so I mean, it was bad weather, cold in Lambo. Like, I'm not telling you that they shouldn't have given you more offense, but at least that helped. I mean, Niners have a really good defense, especially up front. Yeah, I mean, but, and, and I mean, Jimmy G didn't do anything. It was, but but the problem from a Packers standpoint, Aaron Rodgers, dude. Like you do have other players other than Devontae Adams on offense, right? And you need, and I know Colin Cowherd went on a spiel after I think it was Tuesday. I think he talked about it. How like the problem with Aaron Rodgers is he doesn't have relationships with his teammates. When like Mercedes Lewis, he fumbled in this game, and you could just see his reaction like, "Oh my gosh, here we go!" And he didn't look his way another time the rest of the game. Now I know Mercedes Lewis isn't like Gronk or Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But he's still a very competent tight end. He can catch the football. Mm -hmm. And Devontae Adams, he had 11 targets. Aaron Jones had nine catches. That's your running back, dude. And you have other receivers. You have Lazard. You have uh, Valdez Scantling. Mm -hmm. Like, you have other guys that can help you out. Yeah. Especially get them off Devontae Adams. Like, so easy for the Niners to game plan. It's like, all right, just double Devontae and, you know, stop the run. Right. Well, and A.J. Dillon was the, the touchdown scorer. Oh yeah, six right. yard yeah, yeah. But like, I, mean, I mean, that helps no one. Yeah, I mean that's kind of his game. It's like, oh, we're in the red zone, we're at the goal line. Yeah, you know, we might give it to Aaron Jones, but let's give it to Big uh, Dylan. Right, and I mean, I'm just and he's a good back, but still, I'm just frustrated the entire situation. That game was not that great. Yeah, and look, and, I, I I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. See, I had him going to the Super Bowl against the Bengals. So yeah. It was just frustrating. It was. It wasn't a great game. Debo Samuel wins our player of the game, kind of. <laughs> yeah. In by default, total yards. I mean, it was. It was not great. I mean, Eric Armstead had two sacks and two tackles for loss for the Niners, but right. You know. I mean, I, really, it's who who blocked the punt or whatever. That was kind yeah. of the player of the game. I there. mean, that's the pro for the Packers. They're one fault all year special teams yep that's the only thing that was gonna get in their way of the Super Bowl, and it came. It bit it, them big yeah, time. It absolutely big time. came to a head right here. Yeah, block punt. And a block field goal. Yep. Maybe. Actually, it was block field goal, then block yeah. field goal. Yeah, whatever the order it was. Whatever the order. Yeah. All right, then we move to the great games that were Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rams defeated the Bucks 30-27. to Matt Stafford, player of the game, 28-38, 366, three tutties with one on the ground there. So it's including one. Right, right. That, yeah, with yeah. one of them on the ground. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They, I said that wrong. Uh, Cup <laughs> had nine receptions for 183 and That's a touchdown good. and a massive one to end the game. Yeah. Basically. He, I he did have a fumble, which we never see. That guy never fumbles. Right. Him and Derrick Henry both. Yeah. It was, It was. I mean, the Rams were doing their best to, like, give away the game. Yeah. But they didn't. And I will say, <sighs> ruined my parlay. But that's okay. It's fine. I, I should have told you to take the over in the second half. I'm sorry. I know, I know. It's my apologies. Going to the fourth, it looked good. But yeah. then Tom Brady was like, you know what? I'm the GOAT. I'm yeah. going to show you. I'm going to I'm gonna try to get there. Yeah. I actually heard a, a weird take on 
Tom Brady and his possibility of retiring. And the reason why people are thinking that he's going to retire is because like he can't take Tampa Bay. It's so lack lax. It's just, it is lax. It's retiree. It's not that where new England blue collar town, you know, Boston bean town structure. Let me get into work. Let me grind it out for eight hours and then, and then go home and do the things. Yeah, it's not the same. And that's what Tom Brady needs. That's what he had in New England for 20 years. And now he's down in Tampa Bay. It was great because they were like, hey, he he said one year. He's like, hey, jump on my back. Trust me and we'll win it. And now that they've won it, they're like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And then this team just looked unprepared to start the first. I know there was rumors like all year there was just a lot of turmoil in the locker room. Yeah. Of course, having AB definitely didn't help that. But yeah. But I mean, it just it's it's more lax in Tampa Bay. He right. can't really get a, a stranglehold on. This is the way we're gonna do it. Correct. You know, just stay on my back. Not right. just get on it for one year. Let's just stay there and keep it up. Well, right. and if he comes back, it's not like there's anybody in that division that's gonna stop him. Like yeah. there's no quarterback head coach combo in the NFC South that scares you. But what if Cam Newton comes back to Carolina? I'll smack you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Rams get to host. The conference championship that if they win, they become the second straight team to play a home Super Bowl. So definitely something interesting there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The best game of the weekend was the late game on Sunday. Oh, my Lord. All you needed to do was watch the last five minutes of regulation and overtime, and and you're good. The entire fourth quarter was great. There was 25 combined points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's insane. No, it was the final 154 of the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, it was. was, Yeah. It's nuts. That and overtime. Yeah. Yeah, So the last five minutes of actual gameplay. Ridiculous. Was insane. It was nuts. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, player of the game. Shocker. Uh, 33 of 44 for 378, four touchdowns, including one rushing. I yep. said it better this time. Yes, uh, Tariq Hill had eight rece- or, sorry, 11 receptions for 150 and a touchdown. His touchdown was bonkers in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. Josh Allen played his mind, yeah. like, out of his mind. Give him his flowers. 27 of 37 for 329 and four touchdowns, all of which went to Gabriel Davis. Dude. <laughs> Now, dude. <laughs> so, if you are a sports better like myself and Parker here, yeah, um, you could have bet on Gabriel Davis to have three plus touchdowns in the game. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> that bet would have, I think, it was plus twenty five thousand. So, a ten dollar bet would have won you twenty five hundred dollars, right? So, like, that's that's where we're at here. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you can't bet on four touchdowns. It's only three touchdowns plus. Okay. Now, if you parlayed that with the fact that the man had eight catches, four of which went for touchdowns, as I've already stated, for 201 yards, if you had put him over 200 yards in a two-part parlay for $10, because that 2,500, you would have then, at 200 yards, it was going off at four to one. So it was 10 grand on a $10 bet for two legs of a parlay if you had taken it. Yeah, that... (laughs) Talk I mean, about easy money. You I, just have to pray I mean, Gabriel I, Davis finds the end zone three, let alone four I know, times. I know Gabriel da- Davis had like an okay year, yeah. but, but it is also one of those who? Yeah, it's a situation. I mean, you you texted me that right. night because I, I I was at a prayer group and I didn't see like the first half. Yep. And you're like, dude, Gabriel Davis. Davis. I was like, who? And I was like, yeah, the kid who caught the fifth touchdown in the previous game for the yeah. Bills? Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. Their third wide receiver. I'm like, not Diggs, not Cole Beasley. 
Yeah, no. No, he might even be the fourth wide receiver because you, you've got Emmanuel Sanders yeah, in and, Buffalo too. And gosh, who's their tight end? I can't remember. Dawson Knox. Yeah, he's good too. Yeah, you know, only Dawson Knox. Yeah, the cat who I needed to score a touchdown. That yeah. Dawson Knox. Yeah, catch the ball for more than nine yards. That Dawson Knox. It's fine. I'm not bitter this weekend. Yeah. Well, I was bitter because I needed the Bucks to have the under in the fourth in the second half and. Again. I I knew when I did it. I'm like, you're really you're pushing it here. Yeah, you're pushing it. Because at the end of the first half, and thank God for that fumble. Because I was right. like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, betting God just bit yeah. you in the butt. Yeah. Anyway, but that's beside the point. This game was insane. Let's keep going with this. I mean, it was touchdown to go up by three for uh, the Bills. Touchdown by the Chiefs. That was the tree kill touchdown to go up by four. And then the Bills march right back, blown blown coverage (laughs) to Gabriel Davis (laughs) to go up by three with 13 seconds left, and that's all Patrick And then Patrick Mahomes was just like, hold my beer. Yeah, quite literally hold my beer. Dude, and like, I was frustrated. Even though I picked the Chiefs, I I mean, I I was kind of rooting for the Bills. I'm like, this is awesome, Josh Allen. Good for you, man. Yeah. And I was like, Bills, you have the number one rated defense in the league. What are you doing? Like they're they're set up defensively. I'm like, I know you don't want to give up a touchdown, but they're not trying to get a touchdown. Right. They're trying to get in field goal range. They're trying to get in field goal range. And here's here's my thought: If I'm a defensive coordinator, this is what I do. I play quarters defense with man underneath and only rush two to make sure Patrick Mahomes has to stay the, in the middle. Play of the, the sidelines. Yeah. Well, Kansas City had timeouts. Oh yeah, they did have three. They did have three. They had two at the time. It was two. Yeah, it okay. was two left because they called a timeout so the Bills couldn't run out the clock. Oh yeah. Early and then whatever. But still. So, like... but still, right? You have two timeouts, but Patrick Mahomes isn't going to beat you in the middle of the field. There's five eligible wide receivers, right? So right. you have eleven players. You do quarters defense to the field goal line, right? So there's four guys right there, and then you have the other five and two rushers. Yeah. That's eleven. For all you math nerds out there, <laughs> you have the two guys rushing. They're literally just there to corral Patrick Mahomes. That's all they do. Yeah. And then the other five guys are standing up at the line of scrimmage going against the five eligible wide receivers. And you just absolutely push the ever-loving garbage out of them as soon as the ball snaps. Yeah, oh, at the, and they, they weren't playing them just on the right line. Just right at the line. They were right just, at the they line, were like just huck them. They're like 10 15 yards deep. Yeah. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like are you that afraid that Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey's going to get behind you? I know they can, but like right. you're prepared for that. Right. At least you should be. And they don't need a touchdown. Yeah. I I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, it was awful. I think they would have been better off, truth be told. And this is a hindsight being 2020 for the Bills. Sure. If they had gone for two on the touchdown, at 13 seconds left, because then you know we can't give up a field goal or we lose. Right. Or they have to score a touchdown, a touchdown. to win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, analytics will tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, but I like it. But I think that's the better play. And if you're McDermott, you, you have belief in your defense. Right. And you also should believe that your kicker can hit a squib kick to knock a couple seconds yeah. off the clock. The craziness that was. And look, that I know, I know the defenses were exhausted at that point. I mean, right. just like constant, just both quarterbacks were just doing crazy Lighten things. Lighten it up. I mean, you've but, got one that went for 378, the other one went for three and a quarter. I know. Get out of here with this. So yeah. it was nuts. It was nuts. So that leads uh, the Chiefs will host the uh, Bengals. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. In Arrowhead, Sunday, 3 o'clock. 
Mock your calendars. Mock your calendars. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. Now, I mean, this game is crazy. We're going to talk about predictions later. We've got some other stuff in, before it. But those two games are going to be great. This was a great weekend. I, like I said, I would be on record right now saying the greatest weekend of football if the 49ers-Packers game was better. I'll I'll still sit because, I mean... Three or four? I mean, that's pretty... I'm not denying... I mean, the, the Bengals-Titans game left a little bit to be designed. And at least the Niners-Packers was close. Even though it was low scoring, it was kind of like... Oh game-winning God. field goal. Game, yeah, game... Everything I mean, ended on a walk-off. Yeah, that that that's awesome. Like, if you're the NFL, like, you, you you're pumped. Be, you're pumped. You're massively pumped. And then if you're MLB, you're like, oh, we got to figure out... We got to lock out. Crap. Yeah. We got to figure out how to up up the uh, viewership yeah. and like the excitement around our game. Right, but. exactly. All right, well, that's going to do it for this segment, Talking Divisional Weekend. By the way, um, I had the Bengals right. We both missed on the Packers. Yep. Um, I have the Chiefs. You had the Chiefs, and uh, we both hit the Rams. So we were both two for two? Yeah. Or two of four? Two of four. Yeah, two, yeah. two and two. Yeah. So, yeah, All not right. a bad weekend. Yep. All right, well, when we return... We have to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame induction when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're talking MLB Hall of Fame ballot. Came out this week. We only had one person, but big topic because we had some guys on their 10th and final year. Mm -hmm. And the whole steroid debate. Correct. So, CJ, if you had a ballot, mm-hmm. who would be your... You only have up to 10. Who would yeah, you got? Yeah, yeah 10. And, and I would vote for 10. Okay. Okay. So, on my ballot, um, I would have put Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez... Jeff Kent, Jimmy Rollins, and Ryan Howard. All right. You think I might be a homer for the last two. It's okay. Uh, but I did watch them kind of religiously, and I know both of them were cornerstones of that. Absolutely. Of that team. So, yep. Um, now, of, of the names that I did not select um, that are still available on this ballad, David Ortiz, uh, who got selected. Yes. By the way, um, <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't know, uh, Todd Helton, uh, Billy Wagner, um, who else? Sorry, Manny R- Ramirez, Omar Vizquel, Sammy Sosa, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, Joe Nathan, Tim Hudson, Tim Lincecum, Mark Teixeira, Justin Morneau, Jonathan Papelbon, Prince Fielder. AJ Przinsky, Carl Crawford, and Jake Peavy are the total list available. Correct. So then, Parker, who is yours? Now, again, you don't have to vote for 10. I right. did vote for 10. Yeah. If I would have had a vote, I would have voted for 10. Parker, uh, who are your votes? All right. I did not go 10. I am a big Hall guy, so I'm not one of those, oh, I just only vote for one. Mm-hmm. And there are guys like that. So if, my, if I had a ballot, I would go David Ortiz, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, and that, that's it. Jeff Kent. Oh, yeah, Jeff Kent. I didn't name him. My no. bad. All right. Yeah, and Jeff Kent, definitely. You're a big Jeff Kent guy. I am a Jeff you Kent guy. You swayed me to vote for Jeff Kent. I mean, uh, 
he did, I don't know how he got no more traction this year. Yeah, like he, he didn't get an uptick. And I don't get it. He has the most home runs by a second baseman all time. Hmm. And I know everyone says, oh, he wasn't that good of a defender. Okay. I'm not a Giants fan. And I don't watch every Jeff Kent game. But I did watch plenty of Jeff Kent games. Right. I never thought, oh, they, the Giants lost that game because Jeff Kent's defense. Was he stellar? No. But was he a complete liability? No, especially considering he was in the middle of the order. Guy did win an MVP. He was a cleanup hitter. He protected the Barry Bonds of the world. Right. So I I know that the media did not, they weren't good friends with Jeff Kent. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that has hurt him here. And I know, again, I'm not telling you he's a great defender. I know when you think up the middle, you need to be good at defense. Right. got it. But he was, he was a second baseman who hit like a first baseman. Yeah. So. No, and again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, uh, you know, because you swayed me on it. And looking at the numbers, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping because he has another three years of eligibility, if I remember correctly. This was his seventh year on. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to get there. Yeah. I hope he does, but he, he'll need it would some make big sense jumps for him to do it. He'll need some big jumps. So the big three that I that uh, we're, we're different that on. I voted for. Well, outside of Poppy, right? Yeah. So I would not have voted for David Ortiz because it's his first year on the ballot. Okay. And the and and it, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, he's got to be a first ballot. That's not me. I look at who do I want in, and who do I have the opportunity to vote for again. Yeah. So that's the reason why I didn't oh, sure. put Big Poppy. Yeah, I mean there are guys that you're like, okay, if I don't vote for him now, he may not be on. He's next not year. getting on next year. But. David Ortiz, he's he's getting enough votes, whether he's getting in or he's barely not, not getting in. But he's he was gonna, gonna, he was going to stay, right. and you have to have five percent of the vote to stay yeah. on the ballot. Sometimes you have to be strategic, I right? Guess. So hence my Ryan Howard, yeah, pick yeah. to keep so I can vote for him later. Um, so I would have voted for Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Alex Rodriguez, the three big main names of the steroid case. Yeah, um, the only quote unquote steroid guy. That you Manny. even put on was um, well. The only guy that's been linked to steroids that you voted for is Gary Sheffield and well Dave Ortiz. But okay, he was on the survey test right. in two thousand three. Mm. Major League Baseball and the Players Association nixed it. Yeah. They, they said we don't have enough evidence. We don't even know what the substance is, and that whole thing was supposed to be anonymous. As right. in, we don't know who these are. Some of those samples that they had they don't even know who they were and what what was the substance that was tested right right so that's just gray area for me gary sheffield is another one that i know people want to talk about and i know like the story is in one off season he worked out with barry bonds and he had like a sore shoulder or some some thing and barry mm-hmm. gave him a an ointment to put on it that would help he didn't know what it was and supposedly it was an illegal substance Am I going to really crush you and think that that got you over the top as a player? No, Gary Sheffield was a superstar from day one. Now, I know you could say that with Barry Bonds. I know you could say that with Roger Clemens and Alex Rodriguez, even though I'm pretty sure he took roids his entire career from Jump Street. My thing with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens specifically is I know they were great players and they were definitely on track before we think they used in 98. I choose not to honor you because I know you took it. There's... Read the book Game of Shadows, Mitchell Report. There's a lot of public evidence that those guys took. And I choose not to honor you. And I know your case is telling the story of the game. You have to tell the story of the game. You can tell the story of the game in the hall with a plaque. It's not the same. But I choose not to, like, because this is what would happen. If they got elected on Hall of Fame weekend, 
they're not talking about steroids. They're 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 thinking everything they did was clean. They're not going to talk about steroids and like, oh well, you kind of cheated at the latter half. No, they're going to act like nothing happened, and it's not going to be on their plaque. They're not going to talk about that on on their plaque or in the hall, and that's wrong. So I just I choose not to honor you. I'm not sending you to jail. There's not there's not a brig underneath the Hall of Fame that I'm sending you to. I just choose not to honor you with the other all time greats who pretty sure we're clean. So and look, I I also know that there are guys in the hall that most likely took Pudge. I mean that dude lost forty pounds in an off season. How'd you do that, Pudge? Come on, Mike Piazza. Pretty sure he did. I know there's thought Jeff Bagwell did. I I know there are guys in the hall that cheated. I got it. But you know Pete Rose cheated too, and he he never getting in. Yeah. I, you're, I, you're also you're. I know. I know. Who I'm talking to the choir to. over here. I know. I want ta- Pete Rose in. But like, I also. Tomorrow. But I also understand why he's not. The golden rule that you do not break is gambling on baseball. I I don't care that you gambled for your your team and yourself. I don't care. That that that's the one rule that that's the first rule you're talked to about as a player when you make the bigs. That's that's the one rule you do not break, and he did. So I I you know we we can. I, I know Mad Dog says this. He goes, let's not split the baby here. If you took steroids, you shouldn't be in the hall. If you did, if you didn't, then you should. And I just know that guys like Barry Bonds, we know he was great. But, you know, he was comparable from a home run standpoint to Fred McGriff early in their career. They were like the same player. And then as <laughs> as Barry Bonds got older, his power went up. And then Fred McGriff's like, you know, plateaued or or went down like normal for an older guy. And Fred McGriff's not in the Hall of Fame. Should he? Yes, but he's not. Because we look at... Because Barry Bonds ruined the home run record. Like, those guys ruined all the records. We don't get... Everybody could tell you what the home run record was 30 years ago. But now we don't care about it. Because the steroid era ruined it for everybody. So, you can speak. Well, so... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The gentleman from Midlothian yields the remainder of his time. Um, No, so... (laughs) I'm... Here's the reason why I choose Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Um, Alex Rodriguez for me is a coin flip. I, I I could, I couldn't. I voted for him because he's in the latter part of his, you know, his tenure on the on the ballot. But the main reason I want Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens, uh, Barry Bonds. There's a difference between Fred McGriff's career and where he played and how he got pitched compared to Barry Bonds. Um, and that's the reason why I think is a bigger reason why the home run discrepancy is there. Um, because Barry Bonds was actually comparable to Willie Mays, his great grandfather or uncle somewhere in there. He's related. Um, (laughs) I can't remember the bloodlines, whatever. Um, but he is comparable to him. If you, if you look at his numbers through the early part of his career, Willie Mays, home runs, stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. No, not a doubt in my mind that Barry Bonds would have. Would have made the Hall of Fame before that. Did he use? Yes. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. You, your head doesn't grow like the Grinch. Heart. Like, it it, it grew four times. And, and four you, sizes this and day. And you don't hit over 70 home runs when you're in late 30s. Well. You don't do that. No, you don't do that. So Come on. Stop. You, you even paved the way for the reason why. Jeff Kent was hitting behind him. Like you have you have different players on that squad in San Francisco that were very good. Oh sure. 
in that time. No, they didn't. I mean, they didn't amount to championships at that point. Yeah, because Barry was not good in October. Right. But by that same token, that team was better than your prime example, Fred McGriff. Well, he was on World Series teams. Early in his career, not late. When when he went to the Rays, well, the Devil Rays, right? Well, late in his career, he, yeah, he was like late in his career, he was a Ray, right? And because the because of the expansion draft, dead. right? So yeah. then, so what I'm saying is, the latter part of his career, he wasn't protected. That Rays team was awful. There yeah. were two expansion teams that year. Yeah, One was great, Arizona. The other, Tampa, awful. Yeah, because Tampa was a bunch of old guys, right? <laughs> so you had no protection. Fred McGriff didn't hit anything in his latter part of his year. Because they didn't have to pitch to him. Sure. They had to pitch to Barry. So I, I think that leads to something. Now, granted, the Royd probably ate it. I'm not debating that. Yeah. Do I think the home run record in some way is tainted? Sure. But do I think Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before that? Absolutely. And even if, even like his trajectory would have been different than Fred McGriff's purely based on the fact that they were totally different teams. If you yeah. put Fred McGriff on the Giants and you put Barry Bonds on the Rays, I guarantee you Barry Bonds' home runs aren't close. And Fred McGriff hits more. Yeah. Fred McGriff hits 550 if he's with the Giants and Barry Bonds is with the Rays. And that's purely what the game of baseball has always been. It's always been about protection. Sure. So I'm not saying that a guy, you know, you're, you're saying that Barry would have dropped down. I think Fred McGriff's production dropped because of his team, not because of him. I also believe Fred McGriff should be in the hall, but that's a different scenario here. Yeah. Barry Bonds deserves to get in one because you have to tell the story of baseball and you can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. I know you say that you could put a plaque. You can, you could put stuff, his bats and stuff are in the hall of fame. And you can do it that way. You can't tell the story of baseball to its fullest extent without Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. The same thing with Roger Clemens. But I don't think you tell the story of baseball just with the Hall of Fame. I know that that is a big... Th- I, I've never been to the Hall, right? Right. And I know the story of the game. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, like, the reason the Hall of Fame is there is to tell the story of the game. I, I understand that point. I just... I don't think you need to... Because my biggest thing is Hall of Fame weekend is special. I choose not to honor you and like pretend nothing happened. No. And I, I like Barry Bonds. Like I know you were great before, but we we don't just give you a, like the Hall of Fame moniker for half of your career. No, it's for the whole thing. And on your plaque, it's not just your numbers in Pittsburgh. It's your totality. You so like, it's not like we're just picking and choosing what we want to talk about as far as story of the game. We we talk about all of it, and and we pretend like the steroid era did not happen. And look, Major League Baseball has a lot of fault in it too. They, you didn't have a testing program. You didn't. You didn't speak up when like. And writers, they didn't say anything either. And it's not like they didn't know what was going on. They cho- chose not to speak about it because after the '94 strike in the '95, baseball was dead. Yeah, it was on life support. And '98, '99, like the home run race, it brought it back to life. I mean, you couldn't watch anything on ESPN where it's like, sorry, we're cutting in between this action because. Barry Bonds is at the plate, or Sammy Sosa's at the plate, or Mark McGuire's at the plate, because it saved the game. I yeah. understand that. But but I, I choose not to honor that. Because, okay, if you're for Barry Bonds, why are you not for Mark McGuire? Why are you not for Sammy Sosa? I mean, Sammy Sosa had, what, like six consecutive seasons over 60 home runs? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't hate on Sammy. The problem is Sammy didn't have the I mean, MVPs. I, he, I mean, he didn't have an MVP. Sure. He, you know, he, would, he never played for a World Series champion. Yeah. 
And he didn't have as many accolades as Barry Bonds does. Barry Bonds has four MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> 11 silver sluggers. And I, and I know like... And two MVPs were definitely before 98. Oh, sure. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and state that like Barry's without fault. And if yeah. you want to put an asterisk on it, heck, we but we put going it, to. but we put an asterisk on the home run record. It's not in for the Roger, actual book for Roger Maris. Stop! I'm saying when Roger Maris went in and and he hit the 61, they made a movie about it. 61 yeah. with an asterisk, yeah. and the reason why is because it was 162 games instead of 154. Yeah, we don't do that now, but I'm saying we could easily put an asterisk on them. It it's happened before. Sure, you could very easily do that and just put like, hey, yes, this happened, but like steroid user but without him without mark mcguire without sammy sosa without that that taking off baseball would be dead you're 100 yeah. that's the story you have to tell yeah. and if if you don't put him in he's the one guy you can put in to tell the story of the steroid era yeah and and you wouldn't hate it you wouldn't hate it you wouldn't love it yeah. but you wouldn't hate it if, Him and Clemens are the two guys that you can be like okay if if major league baseball was willing to put a legit asterisk in the record books, put on their plaque that these are steroid users, right. and tell the story of the steroid Bam. era. And if, if they did that, I would be more apt for that to happen. But I know that's not going to happen. A, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they not, they're not admitting to it. They're not gonna, they're Barry not, Bonds admitted to it unknowingly. He, he literally, He's on record at, in Congress saying, yes, I had to have... Because of what y'all saw in the Mitchell report, and I did it unknowingly. But I don't even believe that. It, again, yeah, you don't have to. He admitted that he had to have done it based on what their findings. I mean, so he admitted that the findings are correct. I mean, Roger Clemens, he'll 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 take that to his death. That well, he, yeah, but, he'll, he'll he'll never admit to that because he's. I mean, he's suing everybody for it. But I just, I have a problem with. Let's just act like nothing happened, and let's honor these guys on a very special weekend in baseball that we we both love. And I just choose not to honor that. I'm not sending you to jail, man. Well, no, we're not talking and, about and that. You, but what and I'm you saying took, is, and you took money, you took awards from your peers, not just like fans. No, you took it from your peers that otherwise could have definitely won a, a Cy Young or an MVP or. Just you would have gotten less money because you didn't do this. I'm not saying he wasn't going to put up big numbers and have great financial right aptitude. I just think I mean, in in the so I will agree with you on the awards aspect. Yeah, monetary you can throw that out the window because yeah. there's no cap sure. in baseball, right? I know, so I like know. anybody who's worth their salt is going to get paid sure. in baseball. Yeah, we we've seen it over the last couple of years, and we're going to talk about that in two segments from now when we talk about the lockout. But, I mean, that's the point, right? Yeah. Like, that that's where we're at. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they deserve to be in the hall because, one, they tell the story of baseball. You cannot tell it without them. And, two, I, I'm, I'm fine with putting, hey, these guys are suspected for steroid use. And I think both of them would be fine if they get in the hall to have something on their plaque that said these guys were suspected of steroid use. And I don't think if you sit there and go, hey, right now, if you go up to both of them and say, hey, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame right now if you allow on your plaque, on your thing, suspected for steroid use down at the bottom. It could be fine print. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. still there. I think Barry Bonds would be okay with it. I don't think Roger Clemens would. It's fine. It's suspected of steroid use. 
So he could just I be still, like, whatever. I still don't think he would. And then he goes, fine, you're not in the hall. And then Barry Bonds is in. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I mean, you can do that. I'm, right. not, I, I'm not against that, but you yeah. can't tell the story of baseball without them. Okay. So that's why they should be in the hall. Yeah. That's, that has been my, my basis. Same thing with Scott Rowland. You can't tell the story of baseball without Scott Rowland. You can't tell the story of baseball without Kurt Schilling. Him yeah. and Randy Johnson were the two best pitchers for a three-year stretch in Arizona. And it wasn't even close. Yeah. You know that was all, and, you Kurt, know, and Kurt Schilling, you could argue, is the greatest postseason pitcher of all of time. all time. He pitched on a a sewed up ankle. I mean, it's the it, bloody stock. Like the two guys that you think of when you think postseason pitchers, it's him and John Smoltz. John Smoltz, correct? Yeah. So I mean, I know Kurt Schilling rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Sometimes he puts his foot in his mouth. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. And last year when he did not get in, he got what seventy one percent last year. So he's on the, he's on the door. He would be he'd yeah be, he'd be in he'd be with Poppy this year. But he said when because he was so mad, he said, "I hate this process. It stinks. Just take me off the ballot. I don't even want to get in." So you gave a bunch of writers who were kind of on the fence with you, anyways. Like, okay, I'm not going to vote for you. Yeah. So he goes goes from seventy one to fifty eight because we don't already don't like you as a person. We don't like your politics. We don't like all the stuff you say. Whatever. And even though I don't think that should matter, I mean, it's the hall. I care what you did on the field. I don't care what your personal life is. Guess what? There are a lot of horrible people in the Hall, hall of, fame. of Fame. Yeah. So are we? Are we just not gonna admit like they were great players because maybe they were bad people? No. So I know what a couple guys that I think made huge jumps that I think they're kind of getting closer to being like you know they might get in Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones. Yeah. And they and they should. They should. I, I didn't put Billy on because he has a couple more years of eligibility. Yeah. You have to be strategic with your picks. Right, I got you. Um, you know, hence Ryan Howard will not be on the ballot again because he received less than 5%. Yeah. Um, same with anybody on the bottom half of the list behind Torrey Hunter that I mentioned earlier will not be on the ballot anymore. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Rollins. Uh, I'm on the fence. You're on the fence I'm with on him. The fence. Um, I'm on the fence with Pettit. I think yeah. a lot of his greatness was his pickoff move. Sure. And it was borderline illegal. It was borderline a balk. So, yeah. yeah, you know, Omar Vizquel is another one. I'm, 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 I'm putting on him too because, yeah. like, I, I, I would vote for Andrew Jones because, to me, greatest, greatest, greatest offensive center, center fielder of all time. time. He's definitely top three. I, I can't say greatest. Definitely top three. I mean, because I mean, there's you, a couple of you talk about like how you saw Ryan Mays. Howard, Jimmy yeah. Rollins. All, I saw Andrew Jones every night. No, I get it. Well, I so, watched Andrew Jones in yeah, Richmond. I know, like, I mean, I know. I, so, I know how smooth he was, and like not only was he a great defender, dude had pop. Right, he had great power. I know, I know he wasn't a high average guy, high on base guy, but dude could hit. I mean, he had a fifty homer season. I mean, I'll say, I mean, he he. I'm not saying they wouldn't have get, gotten in without him, but like he helped John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, and Greg Maddis get into the Hall of Fame. Right, I've never seen a center fielder play that shallow. And and just go back on a ball like yeah, he's he was nothing. so smooth. He was so, so smooth. smooth going back, and that's why I'm kind of like okay, Vizquel. He's maybe he's not Ozzy Smith, but he's right there. Yeah, you can make the argument, but I think he needs to hit a little bit more for me. Right, like I think he's a compiler. He I mean, he played for like a hundred years. Yeah, so I mean, good for you. And I know you and I are both torn on Jimmy Rollins for a similar reason. We yeah, just... my my thing with Jimmy is just <laughs> offensively for his career, he's ninety five OPS plus. Right. And I think that's, that's below average. I think it's more latter part of his career oh, and sure. early part of the his, yeah. he was playing with a terrible. Look, I know I know he won an MVP. I know he had some crazy power years from a shortstop a mm-hmm. couple years. Yep, um, he found his power stroke from the left side, which helped. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm borderline, but I will say this in defense of Jimmy Rollins, I'm I don't think there's a better shortstop ever who could run the relay correctly like him. Yep, 
Like he he was always in the right position, great throws. Yep. So and I I value defense. Yep. Now <laughs> Jeff Kent, you're not a great defender, but you're also an elite offensive it's player. A player right? So. I'm voting for you. Right, but yeah, I, it puts you there. I, but I'm cool with like defensive guys, like if a scout, like a Andrew Jones, to be heavily considered. Yeah. No. I, and again, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with with anything that we said. I think Viscal later part. I hope he finds a little bit more traction. Manny Ramirez similarly. I I can. I hope he finds more traction. Again, these are guys that I would vote for if, yeah. you know, next year because. Bonds, Clemens, Schilling aren't on the ballot. Yeah. Um, the four names that fall off the ballot because they run out of eligibility, we've already talked about three of them, Barry, Roger, and Kurt, and then Sammy Sosa is the last one that yeah. fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't love Sammy's entire career, hence the reason why I don't vote for him. Yeah, I mean, my big thing on Sammy is, okay, you came up with the White Sox, you were like a fourth outfielder. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you became a superstar. Now, I understand, like, you can get better as a player. And you can work on hitting and adjustments. I got that. His but, swing got a lot better, but it got a lot better, and like his power just became insane. Right. So again, but I, I there was a lot of stuff with Sammy that if you if you sit there and told me he didn't take steroids, I still am on the fence with him. So the fact that it's steroids, I can tell the story of baseball without Sammy Sosa because you can tell the story of baseball with the home run race because you're like, oh, it was like every day. That's cool. Yeah. I understand. But there's. There's different things yeah. that make Barry Bonds more in my head that you can't tell a story of baseball without him. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but would you have voted for Mark McGuire? No. Okay. Is it, just, is it similar to Sammy? Yeah, similar to Sammy. There was three or four great years, but he came out of nowhere. I mean, he wasn't well, he, he wasn't was, anything with the athletics, I mean, really. No, I mean, he was a top guy coming out with Oakland. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, he, he, was, the, he was the face of that franchise. That franchise wasn't going anywhere. Sure. It's the same principle. It was it was is McGuire and Canseco. Yeah, Bash Bros. Yeah. So I mean, I'm again Mark McGuire's corner. Same same principle as Sammy for me. Okay. All right. Well, I think that does it for the Hall of Fame debate. When we return, a little NBA action. We got to talk about the All Star starters. They were announced when we return. Welcome back. We're hitting with the NBA All-Star teams. The starters were announced last night. Yep, Parker, the... if you want to if you want to hit me with those. Yeah, so in the East you have Kevin Durant, he is the captain out of the East, and then followed by Giannis, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan. All valid. Right. Yeah. You you're not you're not questioning any of these guys. These guys are the the creme de la creme. Creme de la creme of the East. And I know out West you have LeBron James. He led all votes. Fan votes. Nikola Jokic, reigning MVP. Shocker. Not. <laughs> right. Andrew Wiggins, he actually is kind of He the is biggest. the shocker. Yeah, but he's having a great year with Golden State, followed mm-hmm. by Steph Curry and John Morant, who I'll say right now, best point guard in the game. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's not there's not overly a debate there. I mean, he is playing I mean, out of this world. You could say Steph, but like you could also say, is he really a point guard? Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a one-two hybrid. Jaw is a pure one. Yeah, he's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, and he's playing out his mind. We all knew this was going to happen. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, you do what you got to do. So um, the rest of the rosters, they'll be announced next week, February 3rd. February 3rd. Next Thursday, they'll be announced. We'll talk about that uh, next week if if we record after Thursday. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. Work work doesn't let work us know schedules. Yet. Yeah, what? Um, so we'll we'll find out. We're either going to talk about it next week or the week following. This is going to be the third year of Durant and James as the captain in this format. I know we've talked about this previously. I like the format. I do too. I think it. I think, I think it's cool. It more intrigue. 
Um, there is a little bit more defense played. A little bit. Sl- slightly, because, you know, you get, you know, guys that could be on similar teams that, yeah. you know, kind of want to match up on each other in an actual game as compared to practice where it's right. a little slower pace or whatever. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's great. Durant might not play due yeah. to an injury. injury yeah. But we'll know more about that with the reserves and who could possibly replace him. But he is picking the squad. It's going to be fun. A lot of a lot of great big guys. Um you yeah. know, Jokic, Embiid, yeah. uh Giannis. I mean, they just phenomenal. And then I think this is the best backcourt of sorts that I've seen. I mean, tr- between Young, DeRozan, Curry, and Morant. Yeah. I mean... I mean, honestly, you could have made a, a case for uh, DeRozan's teammate, Zach Levine. He's right. having a big year. Having a huge year for Chicago. Th- those two are the reason why they're up at the top of the that East. That team is fun. It is really fun. Really it's fun. it's good to see Chicago be good again. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, someone at work the other day was like, Vucevic, he's not having a great year. I'm like, he's not asked to do what he did in Orlando. Right. He's the third option. Yeah. Just be big, rebound the ball, and his shot has improved. Yeah, well, and I think it's because of the, of the lack of pressure. I mean, oh, when yeah. when you're free and you and you just throw it up, too mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the the thing with him is he doesn't have to, you know, like you said, doesn't have to have the pressure. Yeah, Joel Embiid, man, he's on another level right now. He is insane. I know he didn't play phenomenal against the Lakers, but he didn't have to because. Tobias Harris was great, and he was also getting checked by probably the best defender that's actually playing in yeah. uh, Anthony Davis because Ben Simmons is riding the pine um, yeah. by his own choosing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, what are you going to do there? And he still put up 26 against Davis. Davis had a sick block against him in the middle of the third. I Joel had a stretch of nine straight games with 30-plus, if my memory serves me correct. That man is a one-man wrecking crew for the Sixers, so much so that they are willing. They were willing to tie Tobias Harris with Simmons to get a deal done. Yeah. Like, that's insane when you think they traded almost the world to get Harris. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we'll just trade him out because Embiid is that good. We might as well just go like a, a college football, yeah. <laughs> college basketball yeah. lineup and go four guards with Joel Embiid. All I know is Andrew Wiggins is finally living up to his, I mean, his billing. Always he, been a fan of Wiggins. Yeah, number one pick for Cleveland, mm-hmm. gets traded to Minnesota. Uh, he doesn't really. But this year, he's averaging like 18 points a game mm-hmm. alongside Curry, which is huge. Always been a good defender. So I think yeah. it's a championship mindset that he needed to get in and I think the Warriors gave it to him. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that entire team is dripping with championship caliber. I mean, you got talent. Curry, Thompson's back, Wiggins, Draymond. Draymond. I don't I don't even know who their five is, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, Draymond's basically playing the five basically. more often than not. I think he's a wise man, but he's young. But he's he, not in is the he, Is he back? I don't know if he is, but, I mean, it's just that entire building drips championship, drips you know, success. And I think that's what Wiggins needed. He was in two franchises in Cleveland in the early years that, you know, really didn't have much outside of LeBron. Right. And then he goes to Minnesota, another team that's just lacking confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then now he goes to a team that's just oozing it. And now you're seeing the true Wiggins and Wiseman is out. Okay. He's behind on his rehab. Okay. Well, still, I'm just, you know, I got you. Spitball in there. Yeah. <laughs> but Golden State's always played small. Yeah, so Otto Porter's matter. off the bench. It's like their their team is 
I mean, they're real good. They're really good. I wouldn't be shocked if a couple more Warriors were on this all-star team come the third. Oh, sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that does it for the all- – we're going to get more into the all-star game with the next one uh, because we'll have all the teams. We're even going to do a – the actual midway break, the all-star break. Yeah. I know we did a midway last episode. Well, it's like the unofficial yeah. midway, but the all-star break is kind of the halfway point, even right. though they're after the halfway right. amount of games, but you know. It's always where everybody says the halfway right, point. Right, right. So we'll definitely get more into NBA there, especially when football dies out. We're getting into that. But when we return MLB lockout update, before we round everything up with the conference championships in football, when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We are heading to the MLB lockout. The two sides met this week, and so we're progressing towards an agreement. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if uh, you saw on our TikTok that I posted from my car I know. on Monday after, I was at the, work. <laughs> after the first uh, meeting, you know, yeah. meeting, they were like, hey, we're going to meet again tomorrow. And I was like, ha! Huh! And so yeah. I got super jazzed, and I was like, you know what? I have to make... A short video here so we posted it yeah uh so check it out instagram tiktok twitter all of the above at the sports gps we keep reminding you um <laughs> but yeah they met on uh monday and tuesday yep. and they're actually negotiating now yeah, where as compared to in december it was like <laughs> no and they like didn't even show yeah. up to the table it was like here's my unrealistic wants right but they didn't even, like the players association i'm kind of irritated with them because they're not until now, they're not really putting out what they want. Right. They just say, I don't want that. Well, yeah. okay, what do you want? Yep. Right? So th- they're actually expected to meet next Thursday in New York. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So I know I know they, they've dressed minimum salaries, the arbitration system, service time manipulation, and revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. I know, like, at the luxury tax threshold, MLB wants to move it up to 214 from 210, but the Players Association wants 245. You're not getting 245. I think two and a quarter would be. I think two and a quarter is definitely fair. Right. Um, They also discussed a pre-arbitration bonus pool. This is cool. I read into this. I think this would actually aid in how players get, you know, treated early in their careers. You, You see a lot of players out there that get, you know, they're not getting paid much because... You, you don't have to at this point. Right. And they're performing out of their mind, and they're not getting paid for it. So I, I use NFL as an example where you have a bunch of contracts that have, like, performance incentives. or incentives. Yeah, incentives to it. This is essentially what this pre-arbitration bonus yeah. pool is. So if the player is ineligible for arbitration, which means, you know, his salary is set by Major League Baseball and not by him and his agents. Right. They, if they perform in the top 30 of the league to, you know, in their respective thing, right? Yeah. They can earn bonus pool money based off of that. Yeah. So, you know, your uh, Randy Rosarenas of the world who performed insane during the postseason and took the Rays, you know, by storm there he would be eligible for this pre-arbitration bonus pool that would get him closer to a first-year arbitration-eligible player, if not more than if he's like 
way off the rails, right? Yeah. So I think that would be good because it essentially states it, it's it's kind of a merger between yeah. what Major League Baseball wants, which is keep the arbitration system the way it is, slash improve the Super Two action. Yeah. Or you can, it, but it's you know it's kind of what the MLBPA wants, which is hey, we want players to be able to hit arbitration earlier. Yeah. So. The teams still get player control, which is what they ultimately want, but the Players Association gets more money in players' pockets, which is what they ultimately want. So I think this is a cool compromise that would work out well because now you're not paying everybody more or possibly losing player control for, you know, that fringe guy who still needs to develop a little bit and you want him to stay in the current system so he can get there, right? Or if you're a bad team, then he falls off the rails, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a cool way to change it. And you still get money in players' pockets. Yeah, I know, like, the big thing is uh, with the pre-arbitration, they want to take top 100 prospects. Yep. If he gets to the big leagues and you're, like, in the awards, like, yeah. if you're, like, a finalist, like, you get a pay bump. So, I like it. I yeah. know, I know, like, Major League uh, Players Association, they want free agent, like, uh, getting to free agency sooner. Sooner. So, like, instead of it's six years right now, they want it, like, five. Yep. Major League Baseball, they're not touching that. Yeah. That's a, no, that's a yeah, non-starter. That's a non-starter. So, they might be able to work something out with uh, arbitration. It's three years of control right now. Yep. They want it down to two. I don't know if you're going to get two, but if you can get players getting paid earlier, I think that can work. Right. Which I think is the ultimate goal here is mm-hmm. to get players paid more money earlier in their career because Correct. that's usually when they're at their best. Right. So, yeah, baseball is kind of the weird egg where a lot of people are getting paid a lot of money for what they previously did. Uh-huh. So it's a little tough. The other the other big sticking point here is MLB wants a 14-team playoff system, uh, which basically means almost all yeah. of the top teams, it, it's 50% almost, yeah. um, of teams actually get in. Currently... Uh, the MLB PA wants twelve. I don't see. I don't understand why the PA wants twelve. Wouldn't you want fourteen? Because players would get paid more money. Yep. Because they get postseason shares, and teams are going to be. I know they they talk about competitiveness and they want teams to not tank and but well, if you have a fourteen team playoff, if you're like a borderline team, even if you're around five hundred, you're going to be going for the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're going to go for it. You're not going to just sell. Yeah. So I don't know why the PA wouldn't want fourteen. I think that's. I think if you're the PA, that's something you should just give. Yeah, I think they they will give so. to that. I also think more teams in the postseason equals more dollars, which equals more share. I think that's what they're worried about is that they don't really get that much of postseason sure. revenue right now. Yeah. So if maybe the owners gave up a little postseason revenue, they'd be like, sure, we'll make it 14. I think that's a compromise that could yeah. be easily made. I know another, based off the revenue standpoint, I know I know they both want 162, but if you're the owners, you're okay if you miss some games. They already came out and said we're okay if we're missing some games because let's just be honest, late March, when March 31st is the opening day, and April, that's not their, that's not the big time they're getting revenue right you're not you're not outside of opening week which no matter when opening week is you're gonna get that same but i mean on on the by and large you're not getting packed houses especially if you're like up north where it's still cold yep they care more about august september that's when they're getting their big revenue june june through september is when you get your big revenue so the owners they're okay if they if we miss some games 
the PA should not want to miss any games. Correct. Because guess what? Your play, players aren't getting that money. Right. So as we we saw in 2020 with COVID. Yeah, I know. I know. This is all financial game. I got it. They they disagree on a lot of financial aspects, mm-hmm. but I also hope they because they haven't talked about rule changes which I hope they get to because I think that's going to be the, the thing that like hammers out. Hey, we get the DH to not get this. Like you get the bulk issues and then the fringe stuff to get through there. Be like, okay, I'll give you this for this. You give me that for that. And Mm -hmm. that's just the whipped cream and cherry. Exactly. You get, you get the milkshake with everything and then you make sure the whipped cream and cherry just sits right. I just, I wish they would at least talk about some of the rule changes. Yeah. I I know like minor leagues, they're going to have pitch clock, which is smart. And I think I think they're doing row lumps in Triple A. Uh, yeah, they are. It's definitely Double A. They're discussing Triple A, most yeah. likely Triple A. I think it'd be. Look, I I like the human element, but I also understand why. Okay, we have the technology. It's not fully there, but we have technology to do it. Mm-hmm. And you and I, we watch games all the time. Right. We can tell that's a strike because we had the K zone. Why don't the umpires know that? Yeah, and I, and I know K Zone's not perfect, but it's it's pretty close. It's it's darn close. I I I'm I'm really on the fence about it because Phillies don't win the World Series in 08 if we have Robo Umps. Oh gosh, the Braves in the nineties. I mean, Tom Glavin, boy, he would just hit the same spot on the outside corner, and it was not a strike the first time, so it's not a strike the thirtieth time, time. But he just kept hitting the same spot. So I mean, good for you, but that's not a strike. I mean, dude. Jamie Moyer. Got, yeah, they literally, definitely. they literally, uh, Charlie Manuel looked at the umpire slate and goes, Hey, Jamie, you're pitching game three. And he goes, wait, what? Huh? Because the best umpire to give the outside zones yeah. was, was behind the dish in game three. So, yeah. you know, they, they pitched in game three instead of game four and, you know, and then Joe Blanton hit his home or whatever. Uh, that's beside the point. See, part of me likes that, like, no, yeah. no, the umpire, right. like, this is his zone. Know your personnel, right? Yeah, KYP, man. But I also, I mean, we also can admit, especially during the 90s where you could really see. Oh, yeah. You're like, like I'll watch old film or old games. I'm just like, that was a strike. Right. And it's my team. I'm just like, yeah. huh? Yeah. So like Maddox, Glavin, they would just, they would crush bad zones. Yeah. And I mean, there's other pieces too. I mean, I've, I've witnessed a game where, you know, a guy's getting, you know, stealing a bag and the pitch is a strike but because the umpire didn't see it well yeah he just called it a ball like yeah. i mean i literally have a picture in my phone when aaron nola threw a fastball down the middle I, like it's in the yeah you uh, showed me the app the mlb app where it's yeah. like doing the pitch strike. It, like it's you can't yeah. be more center cut right. and it was called a ball right. because runner was sealing so I think that would aid. It would be nice, but it would take a little pressure off the umpires. I think they would. Yeah, they could be enforce less tensions. other rules. They yeah, could, yeah. So I think that's a benefit of it. But I, man, that could be that. That's so seesawy for me. Yeah, that's Game, like games are already long enough. Can right. you imagine like just arguments over the zone? Yeah, it's it's tough. So, mm-hmm. but I I am enjoying the fact that we are progressing towards a final. If if my guess, my memory states next thursday is uh february 3rd as we've talked about that's when they're gonna meet if they reach an agreement by the 10th we don't miss games yeah we don't miss anything and we need spring training if they if they make an agreement by february 28th we will miss uh two weeks of spring training yeah which is i could live with that but i think we realize like 
pitchers need that time. Yep. I know I know it's long, but I also look for like the fringe guy, the guy who's yeah. just trying to make a roster. He's hurt by this. Yeah. Because his shot to make a club is in spring training. Right. I mean, I know Billy Ripken on the network's time, he's like, look, especially towards the end of my career, I that was how I made teams. Yeah. Was I got an invite to spring training and then I proved it and then but he goes, in the lockout year, I was called by Cleveland saying, hey, Billy, we want to sign you to be our shortstop at AAA in Buffalo. Yeah. And it's just like, I, and he's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. He's like, I want to be on a big league team. Same. Yeah. So I, I feel bad for those guys. I just hope they, like, can we figure this out? Yeah. It, it, I, I, it I, needs to be done. I know it's easy for me to sit here and say it, but it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for the progression that has gone. Absolutely. All right. Well, when we return, we're wrapping everything up with the championship games for the NFL leading up to the Super Bowl when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're going to do our final segment of the day, heading into the championship weekend. Yeah, championship weekend, two games on Sunday. Some star-studded games in a way, but some part of it not the stars you're thinking of right maybe it's the new wave changing of the guard absolutely let's talk about the first one the afc championship early in the day cincinnati versus kansas city the line just moved from seven and a half to seven as kansas city's the favorite in arrowhead this is an intriguing matchup oh yeah just from quarterback play yeah you've got joe burrow who's as hot as he could possibly be yeah You've got Pat Mahomes, who's also as hot as you could possibly be. I think this thing's a shootout. The over-under is 54.5. I don't think this thing is under that. There's no way these teams don't go for 30. So you're definitely taking the over. Oh, yeah. I think this thing might even be so close to the over by halftime. Oh, I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but... I, I mean, like, if you're at 40, that's close to the over by halftime. Sure, and sure. this thing could be 21-21 at half. Yeah, I believe you. So, it, this could be a crazy game. Oh, yeah. Um, Who are you taking and why? I'm taking the Chiefs mainly because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, hmm. I mean, they're, they're playing good football. I mean, yeah. Mahomes is... I mean, him... Early in the season, we we talked about it all year. How we were just kind of like, this is not the Patrick Mahomes we're used to. Right. He figured it out. That offense is rolling. I think, I think their defensive front can get more pressure than the Bengals' defensive front. Right. And I think the Bengals' offensive line is worse than Kansas City's. So give me Kansas City. Okay. I'm going to take Cincinnati very similar to your reason I picked the Bengals in the Super Bowl. You did. And so... Yours is more gutsy. I'm riding the hot wave. I'm riding the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase train. I'm riding the fact that I think Joe Mixon is a better back than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think the weapons for Cincinnati are comparable. Yeah, I think it's very Jamar similar. Chase, uh, Tariq Hill is comparable. T. Higgins versus... Hardman and Pringle. Well, even Kelsey and Uzama. Yeah, I think Kelsey's definitely got the the leg up. But Uzama's having a sneaky good year. Sneaky good postseason, too. Uh So, you know, I I definitely think the edge goes to Kansas City in tight ends. I think the edge goes in wide receiver to Cincinnati. Barely. Um, I think the running back goes to Cincinnati. O-line play probably is Kansas City's. D-line play probably Kansas City. 
I like the secondary in Cincinnati slightly better, but not by much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be a tight game. It's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely just think the Bengals for me, mainly because I picked them. I was going to say, that's the same with me. What was funny was I thought it was going to be Bengals versus Bills in this game when I originally picked it. And I was like, I like, you know, the shootout to go Bengals way. And now that it's not the Bills and it's the Chiefs, I'm like, "Mm," but... But if it was the Bills, you'd have to worry about Gabriel Davis, you know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right. So I'm big in the Bengals. You're big in the Chiefs. Let's go to the NFC Championship game, San Francisco in L.A., the site of the Super Bowl. So maybe the Rams get back-to-back yeah. home games something. here. Yeah. Parker, who are you picking? I'm picking the Rams. Oh, they're, so you're picking it. They're the hot hand right now. They are. Stafford looks great, and I, I, I want it for him mm-hmm. because I know everyone's like, Everyone's like, you're great, but, well, he's won two playoff games now. Right. Finally. And I'm just going to ride that hot hand. They, I like their, I mean, I know the run game for San Francisco with Debo Samuel. I mean, he's even though he's not a running back, he kind of plays running back. Mm-hmm. But I like Cam Akers. I think he's an X factor. So, and Cooper Cup, best receiver in the game, no doubt. Right. So, I know Kyle Shanahan, underrated. I mean, I don't mean underrated like we don't know who he is. But right. I know he doesn't get enough. He's sneaky. He doesn't get enough love for his improvements. Right. Right. Everyone just thinks, oh, you're the OC for Atlanta when they blew it in the Super Bowl. Well, he's evolved. Yep. So I think it's I think it's tight, but I think the Rams definitely have a sh- chance to like run away a little bit. Okay. I'm going to take the Niners because they've owned the Rams this year. They have. So, you know, already in that house, they won in overtime. They made Stafford look bad. And they came back on Matt Stafford. This has been the Rams' mo: is they get a lead and they let teams linger. Yeah. And I think it happens again. I'm going to take the Niners. There's another partial reason for me taking the Niners. I want the third installment of Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it happened in Super Bowl 16, and then again in 23. So why not again now? Right. Uh, but <laughs> I just think San Francisco has kind of owned the Rams. May, it is tough to beat a team three times in a year. I Correct. completely understand that. And that's the reason why I was like, maybe I should go with the Rams. But I could be real wrong on this, but I'm going to take San Francisco. I definitely take them with the points if I'm betting. It's three and a half points red right now. Yeah. So... I'm definitely taking San Francisco with the points if I'm betting. Yeah. But I think they might win this outright. I also like the other guys, right? Von Miller's been playing really well. OBJ's figured it out. It's like once he became a Ram, it's like, oh, yeah, you are a great receiver. Right. And then Aaron Donald's a game wrecker. Yeah, he is. And if you put uh, Von Miller on the same side as Aaron Donald, it's almost over. Yeah. I just, I just, if Trent Williams doesn't go. Yeah. I this is the Rams to win. I will say I, I will say this. I let me let me put my caveat here. Okay. If Trent Williams does not go for the 49ers, I'm flipping to the Rams. We'll update you on Twitter if that happens. Yeah, let me know. But like, yeah, <laughs> if you see it, if you see Trent Williams is inactive, I am a Rams fan. Yeah. Cuz that is going to be a problem. Yeah. I I also find just from a storyline standpoint, if the Niners do win. Mhm. What do you do with Jimmy G? Do you keep? I mean, I think the 
You trade I, him. I'm pretty sure it's a fair tra- thing. They're trade trading him, him. You trade him to the Giants for pick five and pick seven. Or or Pittsburgh. Like you should make a phone call because Mason Rudolph's not your answer. No. So I just think it's funny. It's like, oh yeah, Jimmy drew guys to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're trading you for Trey Lance. Like, is, or they could trade Trey Lance for something. Yeah, because like the I think I think the idea is like, okay, Jimmy G is Alex Smith and Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes. I don't I don't see that. But, yeah. You know, I'm not saying Trey Lance isn't good and he can't be great, but I don't think it's Patrick Mahomes. No, I, until we see it, we can't say it, right? Because we are all somewhat questioning Patrick, but we also saw how good Patrick could be with Texas Tech. Because it was a major program. We, Trey Lance is South Coast State. And we read about how Coast great State. Patrick Mahomes was during practice during that year. Yeah. <laughs> we knew. We knew. So. Yeah. But, all right. So, just to recap, I have the Bengals. You have the Chiefs. I have the Niners. You have the Rams. Totally different. Totally different everywhere. Yeah. I want a rematch of the Super Bowl. You want a Super Bowl. That has never happened Is there? So, we'll definitely see all that. Look out on uh, social media again. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We're going to post our reaction videos for these games. Mm-hmm. So it's within the hour, we'll have them up. Yep, and uh, look for um, some possible special celebrity picks Ooh. on those platforms as well. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for Season 2, Episode 30 for all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.